the podcast. I'm your host, Jessie Cox, and today we're going to be talking about fussy eaters with nutritionist, Dr. Janet Aylott. So Janet, today we're going to be talking about fussy eaters, which is just, I mean, you must get these questions all the time, don't you? It's such an emotive subject. Absolutely, yeah. It's one of the questions I get asked mostly. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody worries about whether their child's having enough to eat, if they're eating the right things, and how that can impact the whole family in terms of their eating um, and how that can affect meals and all sorts of problems. It is really stressful for a parent when your child starts refusing food. Um, is Because when, you, when you've got through the weaning stage, they can feel like they're shoveling everything in their mouth and they're really enjoying food, and then all of a sudden they start refusing food. Is that normal? Absolutely normal. So there's a lot of research looking into, you know, why fussy eating happens or picky eating, as some people call it. Yeah. Um, and there's some, something called the neophobic response, which is a is a well recognised response in children around eighteen months to two years of age. Often. Yeah. So, like you say, they've done the weaning. They, you know, great eaters. Everyone's yeah. really happy, and then all of a sudden, something changes. Yeah. Um, and we don't really know why that happens. Um, it, it's just a part of child development. Some children will become fussy eaters and some children won't. And is there anything that you as a parent have done to create fussy eating? Is it? Do you look at these children and think, oh, well, yeah, I can see why you've, you've been too anxious over mealtimes? Or is it as straightforward as that? Absolutely not, no. So there's so many factors involved. It yeah. won't be your fault that you cause fussy eating, <laughs> although that's how it makes you feel when it a child does. is refusing to eat something. But absolutely yeah. not. It's not your fault. It is a normal part of development. Um, children start to assert their right to say no. Yeah. Um, and they choose to do that around mealtimes because they can see that that causes you stress. Um, so mm. there's a little bit of manipulative behaviour. <laughs> um, well, but, after our darling children, never. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I think you... The best way to approach it is to try not to let it cause you stress, which yeah. is so easy to say when you're not the person dealing with it. But the more anxious that you become, the more anxious the child will become and the more of a problem that you may start to see. Yeah. So what, at what point do you think actually this is, being, this is becoming a bit of a problem? This isn't just my child saying no to the odd meal. This is actually becoming a bit of an issue. I think when it starts to affect their development, so right. perhaps you're looking at weight centiles or height centiles um, um, on their development progress, if you're starting to see that they're not getting enough food and nutrition from what they are eating and that's affecting their development, then I think it's time to maybe look for a bit more professional advice. Mm. If it's just, I don't like broccoli or yeah. I don't like sweet corn, that's slightly different because you can manage that type of situation if it's mm. one or two foods. If it's everything that you're putting in front of a child, then that could then lead to developmental problems. Yeah. And is there like a set number of like food groups where you think, well, they'll only eat five foods? Is that when you get to a point where you think you need a bit of help? I think the important thing to remember is, you know, Children will limit their diet. That happens, I think, most children. Even if you don't think your child's a fussy eater, most children will not like certain foods. Mm. Um, I think the important thing to think is, you know, are they getting a wide enough variety? So, for example, if they only like two types of fruit, pasta, bread and cheese, is that enough? Um, and I think it's about looking for those telltale signs of the development progress mm. um, and how it's impacting the whole family. So is there a point where that that lack of interest in food and that refusal is actually impacting other children in the family or the parents and the whole situation? So mm. it's 
it's a very personal and individual thing to deal with. Mm. I think if a child is attending nursery, that's a way of actually monitoring and seeing how that compares to other children and how can how can we work together to try and improve the situation at home. Because a lot of children are amazing eaters at nursery and then they come home and it's horrendous. What's that about? Absolutely. So I, I can remember even when my kids were little and you go and pick them up and they say they've eaten you know, something quite extraordinary like Mackerel. Uh, yeah, mackerel. Why Because that they would yeah. never, ever have at home. Um, and they would have it at nursery. And the difference is peer support. So right. in the nursery setting, it's not you, it's not mum and dad telling you what to do. It's all their lovely um, key workers in their room. It's all their friends. They're sitting together. They're self-serving, perhaps if they're a little bit older. Um, all of those factors can make a difference. Mm. Um, and if you can try and emulate that at home in a way, that yeah. can sometimes help with fussy eating. Well, I haven't got another 30 kids at home, so like, <laughs> what's the, how do you Absolutely. do that at home? So getting a child involved. So if a child's old enough to help set the table, for example, yeah. if you have siblings, if there are siblings involved who are good eaters, um, invite a friend's round to play, get them yeah. to eat together, make mealtimes fun, have a picnic, all yeah. sorts of different things that you can introduce that might actually bring that nursery occasion to your home life because I think when you're if you're at home and it's you and your child sitting opposite each other and you're the you know the person telling them to eat and eat you must have this and you must have that and you're not getting down from the table until you've eaten it it becomes that clash of clash of wills that is often a big problem around fussy eating what's your views on putting the telly on when they're eating my personal view is it doesn't help. Yeah. Um, distraction, whether it's a TV or a, or a tablet or anything like that, it's not necessarily going to help in the long term. Yeah. You're better off distracting with other people yeah. um, or, you know, having a conversation or talking about yeah. what they're eating rather than using the TV or the tablet. Because once you start doing that, you can never come back from it. Yeah. And if you're in a situation where there is no TV or tablet... Then like a restaurant. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it can become a problem. Yeah. Some people it works. I mean, I'm not going to be the the, the, yeah. you know, the media police, but it's not the best approach. The best approach is to try and encourage and develop that relationship when you're feeding. And I know that there are a lot of children that won't even put the food anywhere near their mouth. What do you do about that? Like if you're introducing, well, it's not really new foods because by the time that they're fussy eaters, they're like you said 18 months plus, but what do you get to the point if they won't even try it? Yeah, so one way of actually approaching that is to to actually have the food on the plate. So yeah. what we would always say is to to make make the food visible, make sure it's there. They can maybe touch it. Yeah. They could talk about it. They could watch their brother or sister eat it. But they don't have to eat it themselves and there's no pressure on them to actually yeah. eat that food. And if you keep doing that and repeating and repeating and repeating, eventually they might try it. Yeah. Um, we know that it takes many, many attempts to try and encourage children to eat new foods or to try foods that they maybe ha- aren't so keen on, on yeah. trying. So having it around, making it part of the meal, but they don't have to eat it can actually be really helpful. And in the nursery setting, often food play, role play, that type of thing can help. And you can you can do that at home as well. So if the child's old enough, get them to maybe chop up a few if it's a tomato, for example, they won't eat. Get them to use a, a child-safe knife and chop up a tomato or grow a tomato, grow tomato plants in the garden or yeah. something that means that they're 
they're involved with the food, but they're not having to eat it. That's really interesting because since we went strawberry picking, my daughter now will eat strawberries. Absolutely. She wouldn't. She wasn't really that bothered about them before, but now she's because and she keeps saying strawberries hide because they were in the plant. Yeah, absolutely. So it's finding that that excitement around a food that your child will get involved with, um, and I think often because children are are forced or told they have to eat something, then that can cause that barrier to, to fall. We've had a question in um, for you. So this lady says, my son, I often ask my son what he wants to eat. I make it and then he refuses the food. Should I be asking him what he wants? That's the first error, is asking, <laughs> asking children what they want to eat. Yeah. Um, I've always found that particularly with very young children, if you ask them what they want to eat, they'll have changed their mind five minutes later. Yeah. You're much better off not asking and actually giving them the food that you're all eating. So yeah. preparing a meal for the family that everybody is going to eat and yeah. that you will also offer to your child. Um, once you start cooking different foods for different people or offering, oh, it, then it becomes a nightmare. Yeah. And that's when you know more, more difficult problems can actually So happen. should you be aiming to eat your meals as a family then? I certainly think that that is one of the key things. Yeah. Um, obviously, when you have very young children, that might not be possible if they're eating at, at funny times. Like I know five my, Yeah, my husband used to all say, I don't want to have my dinner at half past four. <laughs> um, so it's... You're having a dinner. <laughs> I can argue with you. But you can, still, you can still sit up at a table, perhaps if you have more than one child, have the children eating yeah. together. As a mum, I always used to eat with my kids. Yeah. Um, and then my husband would eat later yeah um at the weekends we'd always eat together and still having teenagers myself now we still always eat together and I think that's really really important for for lots of things not just for food likes and dislikes but for social interaction um learning how to have manners when you sit at a table using a knife and fork all of those things come Mm. from that that social interaction watching other people and how they eat yeah and you should is a difficult word because it's all you know it's all down to individuals but should we be saying like finish your dinner and then you get your pudding absolutely not no so what we need to try and come away from is this food putting food on a pedestal right um so when I was a child I remember going out to restaurants and if you finished your plate then you get a lollipop at the end yeah um and that's really clear in my mind is how how things were in back in the 1980s (laughs) um but now I think we we're much more aware that if you put food on a pedestal then you start to get children wanting that food more, as we all know. So if you say you finish your plate, you can have a, a packet of, of chocolate, for example, yeah. or you can have pudding, then they don't want to eat the main course and they, they just think about just the pudding. They're just focusing on the pudding, um, yeah. So in the nursery setting, we would always say it doesn't matter if they finish their plate of food or not, they still get the pudding. Interesting. And we have to think about the pudding or the dessert, whatever, or fresh fruit, whatever it might be, as being a second course. It's not... It's not the treat at the end of a meal. It's not it's the, the rush second. to the finish exactly. line. Yeah. It's the second course. And in that second course, you have another opportunity to provide good nutrition for your child. That's amazing. And are there, like, again, like, should you be avoiding chocolates and sweets? Or because my child loves all that chocolate <laughs> buttons. Like, I think it, it, not avoiding, absolutely not. Because mm. I think what's really important when they're very young is to learn about a good balance and learn that you have some more of some foods and less of other foods but banning foods is is a big no no for me because i think it, it then leads to this pedestal effect yeah, so if that's you really say interesting. you can't have chocolate because of x y and z 
then first thing you want to want is chocolate. It's like yeah. anyone who's ever been on a diet or had any yeah. foods denied to them. That's the first thing you want. So yeah. absolutely not. I think having in moderation, um, obviously as a treat, as part of a meal, um, on a special occasion, that type of thing is absolutely fine. I think it then leads on to a much healthier relationship with food. Mm. Um, and I've seen children in, in nursery settings before who are not allowed to have the pudding Course. Oh, horrible. Um, so there's no sweet puddings. And often it's those children who become fussier eaters. It's often those children who will go to children's birthday parties and gorge on the sweet foods. Mm-hmm. So if you have that that balance of all foods are great, yeah. um, we have a bit more of some and a bit less of others, that's the best approach. Okay, that's really interesting. Um, I've got another question here um, from somebody who's written in and says, uh, my child only eats a handful of foods and now they've progressed to only wanting food that's come, that is completely cold. If it's even slightly warm, they won't touch it. What do I do? Oh, that's quite a tricky situation. Yeah. Um, that's quite an extreme approach to fussy eating. Um, often we see, you know, children will refuse certain foods or certain textures. Um, and in, obviously in that situation, it's the, the temperature of the food is becoming yeah. an issue. Um, what they might find is, is to really look at how that's impacting them as a family. Yeah. Um, and looking at whether it's impacting the child's development. Yeah. Because if the food intake is that limited, it might be that their weight might not be meeting the centiles and their height and yeah. their other, other forms of development. So it might be worth having a chat with a health visitor or a GP just to get a bit more advice. Um, if you're able to provide a wide range of different nutrients, but in a cold format, yeah, then that's that's no problem if, if the parent is able to do that. Um, the important thing is to make sure they're getting that variety of foods mm. um, and making sure they're getting enough calories and enough protein, enough fat, enough carbohydrates yeah. to make sure they're developing properly. I heard someone recently the other day say that um, letting them, like putting all the food out on the table and letting them serve themselves is a good way to encourage children to eat. Is there any merit to doing that? Absolutely, yeah. So self-serving is one way to to develop an independent um, view on what they like, what they dislike. Um, I think it's it's important to have some sort of ground rules when you mm. have that because obviously if you put a whole range of food out and they only take one type of food from that that range, then that's not great. But it's, again, all about role modelling and what do other people do and as your child watching you know, their friend or their auntie or their mum, whoever it is around the table, what are yeah. they taking? And yeah. always encouraging them to actually put a little bit of everything on their plate would be a really good way to do that. But not presenting a child with a massive plate of food, which um, which might overwhelm them, yeah. I think is also really important. So letting them take what they feel hungry and what yeah. they want to eat. As when I was little, there was this big push for like, you must clear your plate. What's your view on that? I, I don't agree with that at all. I think... Yeah. I think as long as a child has has attempted to maybe try a food or you've had a conversation with them about that, that they've had enough, they're not hungry. Yeah. Um, and understand the implications of not eating that food. I think that's really important. So mm. understanding that if they haven't eaten their, their meal, they're not going to be given a, a second meal in an hour's time, for example. I think that's, that's really hard important. as a parent, isn't Absolutely it? Absolutely hard. But I think... It's a bit of a slippery slope if you start doing that. And that's why things like desserts, giving a dessert whether they've eaten their dinner or not is really important because it gives that second opportunity for, for mm. more nutrition. Um, and obviously we none of us want to send our child to bed hungry, <laughs> but yeah. you know, it's learning that 
you know, the food that you're offered is is nice food, it's tasty food, it's nutritious food, and you should try and eat some of it. But making sure the child is hungry when they sit at the table, they haven't been snacking all afternoon, for example, is really important. Um, but making sure your portion size is appropriate, so not giving a child a huge, massive plate of food. When how do you not... know that? How do you know if your portion size is? A... It's a it's a difficult one, and and again, every child is different. There's some really useful information from the British Nutrition Foundation, okay. which is called Five Five Three Two, which is specifically okay. looking at portion sizes for toddlers. Yeah, um, and there's some really good graphical um, images. On it's really website. hard to know, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's really hard to know, but the the. The rule of thumb really is to give a small amount to start with and they can always have more. Yeah. Um, if you give a very large plate of food and it overwhelms them, then that can become an issue. So yeah. give a small amount and have seconds. So I often feel like my 15-month-old eats more than my two-and-a-half-year-old. Is that normal? That's perfectly normal. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, you have a girl and a boy. That I can do. make a big difference. <laughs> um, his appetite might be bigger. Yeah. It's There's so many different things involved. I think as long as a child is happy, healthy and growing then you shouldn't worry about what they're eating. Um, if you're concerned at any point about any aspect of their, their eating, then then speak to your health visitor. Um, and if they don't want the food, what do you do then? Do you say they can get down from the table or...? Yeah, I mean, I think if you if you make too much of an issue of it, then it becomes a battle. Yeah. And what we try and avoid is these battles. So if a child point blank refuses to eat food... Um, it's perfectly fine to take the food away and say, okay, that's fine, get yeah. down. My advice would be to keep that food yeah. in a plate at the side yeah. because maybe in 10, 15 minutes they might change their mind and come yeah. back and have it. Especially if the family's all sitting exactly. there eating. Yeah. Um, I think the important thing is that if they are to get down from the table and not eat the food, then they're not given a reward for doing that. So they're not, okay, you can take the tablet and go and watch your favourite cartoons, for example. Mm. So it doesn't become a, you you know, you you. You haven't eaten your food and you can still do those things. So I think yeah. it's, it's, but that's a, a whole other area of parenting. Yeah. Really. Um, and should you be limiting the number of times you give children canned food? Is is there any like, like I'm talking like canned spaghetti or I know fish you're supposed to be giving like twice a week, aren't you? Yeah. So um, canned food generally is, is absolutely fine as part of your overall healthy balanced diet. Yeah. Um, things like spaghetti in tomato sauces, I would say try not limit it, but not have it too often, purely yeah. because it will contain some sugar and salt. So yeah. we're trying to obviously reduce the amount that we have in our children's diets. Think about the nutritional value of what you're giving your child. It might be that you give canned spaghetti on a piece of wholemeal toast, for example, and then you're getting a really quite a good meal. Yeah, um, You shouldn't ever feel guilty about, about giving pre-prepared <laughs> yeah. foods. Um, the, the point about fish is really important. So yes, fish can be a really important good part of a, of a child's diet and including fish twice a week but only one of which is oily fish so things like salmon sardines mackerel yeah um in a, in in all our diets actually not just children um, yeah to make sure that you're you're getting the goodness of fish but not having too much at what point really do you and we spoke about this at weaning but at what point do you um want to cut out milk at bedtime I don't think you necessarily have to cut out milk at bedtime ever. I think, nice, you know, some yeah. adults have a glass of milk at bedtime. Yeah. Um, milk is a really, really nutritious food to include yeah. in your diet. Um, if you're finding that um, having the milk at bedtime is is causing, or milk at any point during the day is causing your child not to eat their solid food properly, mm. then you may need to think about cutting down the volume. But I don't think you ever need to worry about 
cutting milk out completely from your diet. It's yeah. perfectly okay to have a, a hot milky drink at bedtime, yeah. even when you're 50. Uh, so <laughs> so when, you're, um, when you're a baby, if it's a comfort, if it's something that's part of your bedtime routine, then don't worry about it. Fantastic. Um, food size. So when I know a lot of, um, of my friends and certainly myself have cut things up very, very small for my... My little girl's got great dexterity. She likes picking things up. So she loves things like sweet corn and peas. And and then to get her to eat other things, I cut them quite small. Um, is there a danger in doing that when they, they now don't want to, you know, kind of take a big chunk of something and bite it? Or I don't think... I think when they're under five, it's perfectly fine to, yeah. you know, keep cutting things up. And if they're going to... It's more important that they eat the food yeah. than worry about what it looks like or how it's presented necessarily. Yeah. Um, so if, if, for example, your daughter likes picking up pea-sized Loves bits of food, yeah. then cut things up to pea-sized bits of food. If it's not too much yeah. um, stress for you, uh, don't yeah. think that's a problem. I think what we need to make sure is that we're moving to the solid food. So making sure that by that age that they're having... They're having lumps, they're having textures, but it doesn't yeah. matter if it's if it's a big lump or a small lump. <laughs> That's <laughs> so reassuring. Really oh no, I've like made a rod from my own back. No, here. just think the, the important thing is that that the food is going in their mouths, it's being digested, and, and the nutrients are being used by the body. Fantastic. Um, and sh- is there anything that you, for yourself as a mum, like don't give your children, or is it just that all food is wonderful and I nice? Am, probably the most relaxed nutritionist ever. Um, I have had a very um, relaxed approach to to food with my children. Um, and I have teenagers now who eat most stuff. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say they're typical teenagers, so they don't eat everything, but they we, we eat as a family. Mm. Um, as, as very young children, they were offered all the foods that we had within reason, mm. obviously. <laughs> um, so they were, they had, they had chocolate in their diet. They had sweets. Mm. Um, they had, a, but they also had a good range of vegetables, fruits, starch, yeah. carbohydrates, all the things that you would you would want to have in your diet. And I think the most important thing as a parent is to to encourage a healthy relationship with food. So no food is good or bad. No food is on a pedestal. Mm. That all food is good. It's about how much we have of it and mm. the, the portion sizes. Is there anything that you think as a parent you can do to encourage that healthy relationship with food? I mean, other than the, the things that you've just said, is it a case of trying to be as relaxed as you can? Yeah, you know, absolutely. And and again, it's very easy to say when I've done done all this in my my previous life. Um, it's it's about being relaxed around food. It's about not making meal times an issue. Mm. Um, so not being stressed around food making it as fun as possible, involving children. So Mm. whether it's in growing food, preparing food, coming shopping with you, all of those things, getting their interest in food. Often children start to understand how food makes them feel. So Mm. maybe if they're they're sporty, they want to take part in sports day at at nursery or at school, they'll understand that they need to have the right fuel inside them. And that's one of the key things I found with my kids, that they started to understand that having having a, a good balance in their diet really helped them to perform on the football pitch or mm. in the gym or the gymnastics or whatever, or dancing, whatever your child is interested in. Yeah. Understanding that food is fuel and that having the right balance is really important. 
That's fantastic. So helpful, Janet. Honestly, I've learned something today just by talking to you. I'm going to go home and turn the telly off for one. <laughs> um, don't feel guilty about it. <laughs> You've been lovely to talk to and we really appreciate having you here. And if you at home have got any questions, please do email us at manager at number9thenursery.co.uk. And if you've got any topics that you want us to cover in the future, then please do drop us a line. We're doing this to support you. And we will see you soon. Thank you so much, Janet, and take care.